man you gotta get passionate about this thing if the cross doesn't move you nothing will move you I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Yesterday, I was in a hurry to get to a dentist appointment of all things, and I ran upstairs and ran to my closet, and I don't do a lot of running now. I ran upstairs and ran into my closet and reached down and grabbed my shoes and jerked up to turn to the bed, and I fell onto the bed and So the Lord had it all designed. I don't, I don't know why. I, I thought with the pain I was dealing with, I actually was anticipating gentry preaching tonight. And I just felt God arranged all this timing, and I don't know what God's doing. But see, sometimes I know you think I always know what God's doing, but none of us really know what God's doing. That's why he's God. God knew exactly what he was doing and he arranged this message for this hour, for this moment, for this service. So we're just going to let God do what he wants to do in this house tonight. This may not be a normal Wednesday night kind of Bible study, so I want you to preach with me tonight. Amen. 1 
1 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 12. The Apostle Paul is now writing to his first letter to Timothy, and he says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted Verse 13, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. Verse 14, and the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and said, the Lord enabled me, putting me into ministry, and he did so because he counted me faithful. Now, let, let me say to you tonight in the onset of this message that there is a distinct somebody tonight. Nothing wrong with desire, but desire and calling are not one and the same. You can have desire without a calling, but you will not have a calling without desire. 
And there is a difference, very distinct difference, between a burden and a calling. A lot of people may feel a burden, a draw, without there being a calling, specifically when it comes to ministry. There's the difference between burden and calling. Just because I feel a burden for a nation, who would not consider a deep burden after we have watched over the last several months what has happened in Ukraine? Hearing the testimonies of missionaries and people and watching news and video, and watching the things that have happened even this week. Horrendous crimes being committed. Terrible disasters of people losing homes and businesses and lives and separated from family and many running for their lives, fleeing into other countries. Who would not feel a burden for such area. It would take somebody with a heart of stone, a cold heart that would not feel a burden for the hurting, the needy, the poor, the orphans, the widows, those in trouble and despair. That burden is birthed out of a sincere emotion that is stirred, but there is a difference between a burden and a calling just because I feel a burden for a nation or a city or a church or even a specific ministry. Feeling a burden for a specific ministry is not a calling. Burdens come and they go. If I came to Frankfurt based on a burden, it would have worked for a while, but when trouble comes and trials come and things aren't going the, th- the way I think they should and, and boredom sets in before long, I would feel a burden for somewhere else. Can I get a witness? There is a difference between a burden and a calling. A burden A burden lasts for a season and then will be lifted and God may place another burden upon you that you may feel something for a a specific ministry or a specific area or a specific place. Maybe that is a call to prayer. Maybe it is a call to give. Maybe it is a call to work and labor. Burdens come and go, but callings are from God And a calling is the only thing that will sustain a ministry when the burden lifts. The knowledge that I am called, whether I feel called or not, is what anchors me and holds me. When the church down the street calls, or across the state or nation calls,
and says, would you be interested in being a pastor of maybe in a larger city or a larger congregation or maybe they buy their pastor a new car. Give him a suit tie allowance. Whatever it may be, those who are simply just checking the wind today to see what's going on would be drawn to, they would be called to the money. They would be called to the opportunity, to the bigger stage. But when you know that you have been called to a region, when you know that you have been called into ministry, you'll not be satisfied with anything else because the call is not based upon how I feel today. Not based on the, not based on the circumstances. But the Apostle Paul speaks about his call to ministry. Now, give me a little latitude tonight to lay some foundation with what I want to speak to you. Before we leave tonight, I pray that encouragement comes to everybody in this house. The Apostle Paul said, I thank God who has counted me faithful. Now, the Apostle Paul didn't say, I thank the Lord because I've been faithful in everything. As a matter of fact, he didn't come with a pious spirit and say, Brother Brandon, I deserve what, I deserve this calling because I've been all of that and I've done all of this and look at all these things. He said, he looked at me. I think I know why the Lord placed this sermon where it did because it builds off of what Bishop Strout preached on Sunday morning because this calling, he counted me faithful, the Apostle Paul said. There was a New Testament grace that had to look at me and look through my faults and failures and he counted Interesting now because this ministry, this calling was from God and God has put him into ministry. Maybe somebody needs to hear what I'm going to say over the next few minutes tonight just in the onset. I didn't plan, I didn't plan to, to spend quite as much time here and this evening just before service I began to feel the Lord's draw and I... I as a matter of fact, delayed my my coming to church this evening because I was trying to finalize and finish what I was had felt the Lord nudge me toward this evening. Man can't call. And man can't put me in. And man can't take me out. Because Paul says that it was God who put me into ministry. And if we're looking for somebody, and if we're looking for something, we will end up frustrated. And we could go a lot of places in the scripture right now and talk about a man that laid by the pool for 38 years because he had no 
man to put him in, but all it took was Jesus walking by, and he says, rise up and walk. I come tonight to tell you that the call of God, when he counts us faithful, there is power in God counting us faithful. In Revelation chapter 3, John the Revelator wrote to the angel of the church, or the pastor, or the apostle of the church in Philadelphia. And the apostle Paul says, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, may I add, that the apostle Paul, that, that uh, John writes, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, he writes to the angel of the church, in Philadelphia or to the pastor or apostle of the church in Philadelphia because this is what he said because the Lord saw the faithful works of the church now I know I know I know there's always been a battle in the text and among Christianity of works won't save you. And I agree. We're only saved by faith through grace or by grace through faith. That not of ourselves. It's not our works that save us, but saving faith and saving grace will call us to good works. Can I get a witness in this house tonight? So therefore, we can't just say, well, I works don't save me, so I'm just saved by grace through faith. I don't have to do anything else. That would be ridiculous. I think most of you believe me and trust me. Don't anybody get up and run when I tell you this, but there is a storm coming tonight. And meteorologists say we're going to have some straight-line winds and some pretty severe rain that is going to be hitting here in just the next few minutes. These straight line winds, they're saying, could blow up to 50 miles per hour. Now, I know that this church building has withstood winds upward of close to 100 miles per hour when a tornado took the roof off of Walmart. I was here, I was in the parking lot in my truck, to when I had my brakes on and the wind was blowing so strong that I would feel my truck heave and it was sliding with my brakes on across the parking lot and this building stood. So you don't have to get up and run. But there is a storm coming. Now if I told you that I knew there was some problems in the structure of this building, And I knew that this roof is not in good shape. And that these walls may be bowing just a little bit. And I think most of the nails that have been in for about five years, they're starting to pull out. I'm noticing cracks appearing all around. And I am concerned 
over what this 50 mile per hour wind would do to my ears. I think that if I told you this roof is in terrible shape and that those 50 mile per hour winds is highly, highly likely to cause this roof to cave in. Don't let anybody run, y'all. I'm just hypothetical. But I believe that you trust me and have faith in my words enough that if I told you that, I would be finishing this message alone. For you would be departing to another country to take the gospel elsewhere. We say we believe God and we trust God and we have faith in His Word. If you have faith in His Word, then we take the Word and we add the works. The works is not what saves us, but the works is what keeps us John the Revelator writing to the church in Philadelphia because of what I saw in the church it causes me to count this church faithful and because God counted the church in Philadelphia faithful God was willing to step in and do for the church in Philadelphia what they were incapable of doing for themselves. God was responding to the faithfulness of the church in Philadelphia during trying times. And God said, although that I see you have a little strength and although you were tired and weary from the fight. And although you were weak, you have remained faithful and you have held fast. And when the tide was pulling against you, you stood against the tide that was coming against you. And God says, in the midst of all of the turmoil and in the midst of all of your weakness, God said, I saw your faithfulness. Mm. Don't show me somebody that's faithful when everything's going good and you think God ought to just answer all of my prayers and do everything because look at what I've done. But when the tide is going out and when you are under the load and when you are stressed but you're not counting, you're, you're not looking around and saying all of this is for naught. But when you say God's still better than good to me, God's still better, I'm not walking away, I'm not throwing in the towel, but in the worst of times I will be faithful to God. I will serve the Lord. I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. God counts faithfulness not just when everything is going right. God counts faithfulness when everything is going wrong. But when God counts faithfulness, watch what the writer said, 
he counted me faithful. And he put me into the ministry. He did for me what I couldn't do for myself. And he is doing through me what I do not have the ability to do within the flesh. See, let me talk to you for a moment about what ministry, if you don't know what ministry feels like, ministry feels like when you give and you work and you labor and you help and you toil and you're weary and you're tired and somebody comes and is unappreciative and wants to tear you down and wants to say something against you or wants to, you know, you're out knocking a door somewhere and somebody slams the door in your face. It's, it's when you're trying to bless somebody and they find fault with your blessing. It's when you're trying to do good, but all they're doing is returning your good for evil. And you're going, my goodness, I I can't do this anymore on my own. And you are exactly right. That's why you've got to know God must be the one that has called you. And God has put you in ministry. God said through John the Revelator in the book of Revelation, I'm trying to correlate the two here, New Testament and the Revelation. God said, I saw the faithfulness of the church in Philadelphia. He said, I saw that you only had a little strength. But he said, you remained true and you kept my word. When everybody else is throwing in the towel, you kept the faith. When everybody else is quitting, you just kept on laboring. When everybody else feels like there's no use, you just kept on keeping on. And God said, because of this, I have counted the church in Philadelphia faithful. Now watch. Here's what God says then. And I have set before thee an open door. Oh, I wish God would open the door for me. I wish God would open the door for me. Be faithful. Well, Pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. Be faithful. You want the door to open? Be faithful in trying times. Be faithful when things are not going well. Be faithful. Be faithful. Be faithful. it doesn't sound profound or miraculous in nature but when God saw the condition of their weakness and God weighed the weakness of the church in Philadelphia and he balances that weakness and what they were going through up with their faithfulness he takes all of their troubles and all of their trials and all that they're going through in this hand and he takes their faithfulness in the other hand and when God balances what they were going through and what they were fa- facing with their faithfulness
faithfulness in the other hand. God said, mm-hmm, I see you're not even able to open a door your own self, but I will do for you what you would never be able. God said, I will open a door that no one can close, and I will close a door that you can't even open for yourself. Let me talk to some young people and tell you when God's ready, he will open the door. Until God's ready, just be faithful. Just be faithful where you are. Just be faithful doing what you're doing. Pardon me for a moment. I'm going to get out of my notes for a minute. I was in here working this week. Door open. Brother Everett, Sister Nancy, come in. What do you need? What do you mean? We're just working here. What you need? Well, I think we about got it. I look around, get out the brooms, start cleaning up under our feet, picking up where we're working. Come back in here today, saw the restroom doors open. Those things don't just clean themselves. I come in, Sister Nancy's back here working. I about bumped into her back here. I don't know if she scared me or I scared her the worst when I rounded the corner. I thought she was over there. She was back here. I come around. She come out. We're talking. I'm talking about my back. She's talking about her headache. But she's still here cleaning. She's been waiting on the miracle of God healing her son. But she's here cleaning the church while she's waiting. See, a lot of folks say, well, if God will heal my son, then I'll do something for him. God doesn't work that way. God is looking for somebody who will be faithful in the middle of the trial, in the middle of the test. And he says, I'll do what you could never do. I'll open the door that no man can close. And I'll close the door that no man can open. an honor when God counts us faithful. Sometimes we worry far too much about what men think about us. And a lot of people are called to ministry by their desire to receive accolades. Because it looks glamorous. You know, you're always up front and in the spotlight. big shot. Let me tell you what an elder minister said when I was a young man. He said, you know what a big shot is? It's a little shot that just went away from home. Because I'm going to tell you what your big shot pastor does. This morning, me and Gentry were fixing the back door. This afternoon, we were cleaning up in the north building. When the toilets are overflowing, we mop up the floor. That's what, that's what big shots do. Trying to help somebody this morning. 
understand. matter what men think about my faithfulness. I want to know what God thinks about my faithfulness. Pastor, I tell you what, I'd pay my tithing, but I don't pay my tithing because, you know, as soon as I get on top of my bills, then, then I'm going to pay my tithing. No, you won't. You're greedy now. You are going to be greedy. You're just going to start being greedy. Well, as soon as as soon as I hit the lottery, I'm going to pay my tithing. No, you won't. If you didn't pay your tithing beforehand, you won't pay it afterwards. Well, see, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pay my tithing. I had somebody come to me one time. He says, Pastor, I need you to excuse me from paying my tithing. My family and I are on a mission to get debt free and we need to use that money to get debt free and after we get debt free, then we're going to give. And I looked at him and I said, are you serious? And he said, yes, I'm serious. He said, I feel like if you were a reasonable man, you would excuse me from paying tithing. I said, how? I said, I'm not the Pope. I'm a preacher of the gospel that believes this book right here that says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. If you want your bills paid off, then you need to make sure that you tithe and then a little. You mean with all that I'm going through, I'm talking about how God counts faithfulness. The only place only place that God says try me matter of fact you're not supposed to try God but climbing a tree and jumping out of it and seeing if he'll catch you that's dumb but there's one place in the scripture that God said try me he said try me with your tithing and offering and see if I want pour you out a blessing that you can't contain. Is anybody thankful to be counted faithful by God? I got to I got to hurry. I got to hurry. I wrote this down about two months ago looking for an opportunity to, to inject it into a message. And so if you don't like it, you can argue with God about it. But i got to say something about faithful people. Faithful people have busy schedules. Faithful people have health issues. Faithful people have troubles. Faithful people deal with hard things. Faithful people get their feelings hurt. Faithful people have been overlooked. Faithful people have been hurt. Faithful people are misunderstood. Faithful people experience loss. Faithful people go through tragedy. But faithful people have all the same excuses that unfaithful people have. They just refuse to use the excuses. 
it's an honor when God calls you faithful because God calls you faithful in the balances of what you are going through. If all you've ever done is had a silver spoon in your mouth and never been blessed with everything, and it's just God's looking around saying, uh-uh, I'm waiting until you go through a trial. And when you go through a test uh, and you come out the other side, then I'm going to say, were you faithful while you were in the test? Paul said, I thank the Lord Jesus Christ who enabled me for he counted me faithful, putting me into I want to encourage the church a little bit today. Because in the book of Acts, the church could evangelize, the church could baptize, the church could lay hands on the sick, the church could do great exploits. But at the end of it all, and in the third chapter of the final book of the divinely inspired text, God is saying to the church in Philadelphia that there will be some doors that the church will never be able to open for themselves. Because with all of our programs and with all of our giving and with all of our talents and with all of our abilities, there's going to be some doors we just keep knocking on and they're not opening. There's going to be some prayers we're praying and God's just not answering. We can get mad at one another. We can blame one another. We can get we can fuss and get disgusted about it and we can do but there's some doors that the church will never be able to open for itself except when God looks at the church and says I see a group of people in Frankfort Indiana and they are faithful in their prayers and faithful in their attendance and faithful in their labor and faithful in their work so I'm going to do for the church what it could never do for itself. I'll open the door they could never open. I'll send the revival that they could never have. They could never orchestrate it. They could never create it. So the Lord says I've set before you an open door because you've exhausted yourself. sent me just to say to somebody, you have been faithful. Some of you have been fasting almost 40 days. Some of you have had seasons of fasting all through the last 40 days. Some of you have worked sick with headaches. You've been faithful. You've prayed every day. You've been faithful to your prayer journal. You've been faithful to every prayer meeting. You have gone above and beyond. You have worked and you are labored. There's some things that you, that, 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 that you have done that many others have not done. And it, it feels like here we are now. And we're just a few days away from the awakening starting. And I just wonder, I hope they got the right preacher. And I hope, oh, I, Sister Cheryl released some, some music today. And, and, and I hope they got the right song. 
songs. I, I, I hope they got the right songs, and, 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 and I hope we got the right preacher. I mean, one of our preachers uh, just finished preaching Landmark Conference out, the largest conference in, in California. The other of our preachers just finished preaching because of the times, one of our most renowned oneness conferences in Louisiana. I mean, we're talking about men of renown. We're talking about the Bishop of Chicago going to be with us. As, I mean, I, I, I hope that they bring it when they come. Listen, it doesn't matter if it's somebody without a name. When God looks at this church and he sees your faithful prayers, when nobody's watching, God says, I'm going to open for this church what they would never be able to do on their own because they've been faithful. There's no impossibilities with God. Your family can be saved. Just be faithful. Every sin can be forgiven. Just remain faithful. Every door can be opened. Just remain faithful. Doesn't matter what the devil's been telling you, you can't have revival in your family. Your future is not over. You can thrive again. You are not finished. It is not impossible with God. Your healing will come. Your family will be saved. Just be faithful. Oh, lift your hands all over this room right now. I feel like God's finding some people faithful tonight. It hasn't always been easy, but at the worst of times, you've remained faithful. There's doors that's been shut in your face for years, but tonight God sent your pastor just to say, I'm opening some doors in your future. There's some doors about to open because I watched your faithfulness through your trial, through your test. Come on, lift your hands all over the room right now. Come on, somebody, lift your hands and let God, come on, lift your hands and let God refresh you and renew you and restore you and put faith back in you right now. There are miracles that have been locked up in your life for a very long time. But God is opening the door to the miraculous because of your faithfulness. Revival is not coming. Revival is already here. And it's because of your faithfulness. Oh, come on, lift your hands all over this room right now. Come on, lift your voice and cry out to the Lord. on, you've been waiting faithfully for years and God sent me tonight, I'm almost done preaching, you need to respond to what God is wanting to do, there's a revival in your family, there's a revival in your home, there's a revival left in your ministry there's a revival among your children, come on, God's wanting to revive your finances, God's wanting to restore somebody in this house, he'll do it for you, because you've been faithful in trying times because you've been faithful through the difficulty come on seek the Lord here for just a moment seek him for a moment 
All that matters is that God counts you faithful. Paul said, I once was a blasphemer, a persecutor, injurious to the people of God, but I did it ignorantly, and now God is finding me faithful. God forgave me and gave mercy and grace to me. I want you to know right now that mercy and grace has covered your problems and your faults, your mistakes, your mess-ups. There's enough mercy and grace to reach to you tonight. God has found you faithful. God is wanting to wrap his arms arms around you right now. He's looking at your faithfulness. Why don't you respond to him from the front to the back tonight? Why don't we just turn this place into a prayer room for a moment and let's receive from heaven right now. Come on, the past doesn't dictate your future. God has watched your faithfulness. I curse the enemy that's telling you it'll never come to pass. In the name of the Lord, you are not a failure. You are destined to be the head and not the tail, to prosper, to be over and not under. Come on, somebody. God will count you faithful. God will count you faithful. God will count you faithful. You'll never be able to do it on your own. You've got to trust God who finds us faithful. You're weary and worn tonight, but God is finding you faithful. You may be going through it tonight, but God is weighing your faithfulness in the balances of your of, of what you are going through, and God's going to open a door for you. Come on, somebody. Just seek the Lord for a moment. Seek the Lord for a moment. Hallelujah. 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 Maybe you're tired of, you've been just under the battle and under the struggle and going through it. Trying to find your own way. And maybe although this preacher came tonight to preach faith to you, you have a hard time grabbing a hold of that faith. I want to open these altars to you tonight to come to the front of this room and just say, God, I'm bringing my weaknesses. I'm bringing all my faults and all my failures, and I'm bringing them and laying them at your feet tonight because I want to be found faithful. God, I want to be found faithful. All over this room, let's respond to what the Lord is wanting to do in the house right now. everything you've been through. He knows where you are. He knows the days you feel too weak to open the next door in front of you, but he's able to open that door. Come on, lift your hands all over this room and receive from the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, God.
say this to you tonight. The harvest has never, the harvest has never been about your strength or your ability. The ministry's never been about our gifts and our talents and our opportunities. The harvest has always been about our capacity to receive. What are you prepared to receive from the Lord? Why don't you lift your hands all over? If you're prepared to receive from the Lord tonight, why don't you just open your hands and open your heart with outstretched arms right now and let him know, God, pour out upon me. I speak promise over somebody's life. I speak hope into somebody's life. Let God find you faithful. Let God count you
to us tonight. How many love it when your pastor preaches? Amen. I want to do this real quick. I just really feel like doing this in the Holy Ghost. If you, if we talk about faithful people, and he mentioned a few, and Brother Everett and Sister Nancy are invaluable to this church, and there are so many more people that are just, that if you just speak about being faithful, there's there's faces that come to mind. If you are going to be serving in any capacity starting this weekend all through next week, in any kind of capacity, whether you're singing, playing an instrument, serving on our serve teams or anything, would you just lift your hand? If you have your hand lifted, I want you to just come up to the front real quick. Just make your way as close as you possibly can. Aren't you glad for faithful people? What we don't know about a lot of these people is that when nothing's really going on, that church-wide, these people are most likely, a group of these people at least, are serving in some kind of capacity almost every day of the week. So if you're one of the faithful, just scoot in real close. And I wonder if you do this. These people, this team is going to need strength this week. Come on, somebody. They're going to need strength this week. They're going to be serving. They're going to be pouring themselves out. I wonder if you could, if you are still in the congregation, if you would just make your way forward. And let's, let's stand behind these that are if you're, if you're going to be serving, raise your hand again so we know who you are. Raise your hand. Let's fill in. Let's get close. Lay hands on them if you're close to them. And pray the strength of the Lord this week as they begin to pour themselves out, that God would just begin to pour back into them everything that they are expending. Pray strength upon them. Pray favor upon them. Pray faith or uh, health upon them. Pray that God would multiply the rest this week that God would just continue to keep them and use them in a mighty way. Come on, pray right now, church. Oh, that's it. Come on, call it out. Pray strength. Pray favor. Pray health right now. In the name of Jesus.
here, I wonder if you would just extend your hand forward because the enemy would love nothing more than our pastor to be in pain this entire week and to be distracted by the pain and the happenings in his body. I wonder if you would stretch your hands towards pastor. Men, lay your hands on pastor and let's pray the strength of the Lord. Come on, pray healing. God, we, we speak healing into his back right now. God, we speak strength into his body right now in the name of Jesus Christ. God, we need our head, we need our head whole right now. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray the favor of the Lord upon him. I pray the strength.